Hello and welcome to my podcast. It's Coach Mark here. Many of you will know me from eslbusinessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. These particular podcasts are established to help you if you are considering moving to either immigrate or just explore, go backpacking, um, other countries in the world that are not clearly your own country, um, to explore the concepts of is it possible to go and live a completely different life in another country? How easy is it to adapt to the changing environment? What will happen if English is not your native language and you happen to be going to countries such as Canada, America, um, the UK, New Zealand, Australia, um, South Africa, countries where it is widely spoken, even the Philippines. Hello, my lovely Filipino listeners. I know I've got plenty of you. It's great to have you with me. You know, your country is highly popular for many expats from particularly the USA because of the historic links and of course the UK as well as Canada and Australia because of its geographic location. And the reason your country is more popular than say perhaps other Asian countries is simply you have such a fantastic extent of English being spoken in addition to Filipino, Tagalog and of course you have lots of other dialects too. I was uh, blown away when I came here and then realized just how many other diverse dialects and variations of your native language there are. Um, You truly have a diversity of people, cultures, population and I believe that's what makes the Philippines kind of endearing to many people who discover your lovely country. So again it's really popular here because of course if you are coming from America, Canada, um, Australia, the UK, as I say anywhere that's an English speaking country and you really don't want to manage dealing and learning a brand new language. Perhaps you're of a certain age and you feel you're too old for this. I would argue that you're never too old to learn anything, but I respect that. And, you know, sometimes it's important to get there and then assimilate into the culture and pick up the languages you're there, which is what I am trying hard to do. Um, then the Philippines will be a top destination for you to really consider. So today, this podcast is to introduce these specific podcasts and what they're about and to talk about, well, what you need to consider. So we're going to be looking at everything from how you assimilate into the local culture, or do you just hang out with local expats, the pros and cons of that. Also the working situation. Some of you are not of retirement age. Um, Many, many people these days are now opting to be digital nomads like myself. Um, And sometimes this happens on purpose, other times it just happens inadvertently. Um, And ultimately what it means is that you've got to look at the location from a different angle. You've got to look at the Wi-Fi connections because most of it obviously will be carried out online you've got to consider the working visa regulations too so some countries will allow you to work remotely on a tourist visa others will not furthermore additionally other countries such as spain for example and loads of others are now launching the digital nomad visas which gives you an opportunity to stay for up to one two three sometimes longer in their country on that digital nomad working visa as long as you are working remotely so you're not getting more than an x percentage depending on the country from that country as your income and the rest has to come from your work overseas and um, there are lots of things to to discuss on these podcasts and this is why I'm putting them together because there's an increasing demand. I'm getting messages from other people asking me to speak about this. So I'm going to be sharing my personal experience and um, both have obviously been in the Philippines here for over three years now. Um, also I'm going to be sharing my experience of living and working in the Canary Islands for just over two and a half years and then of course there are other 
other people that I work with and loads of contacts because of course of my my job as a coach an online coach and um, working in performance coaching and also English as a second language means that I have a diversity of listeners and clients who are from all these different countries and many of you I have to say are doing great jobs in living outside of your own countries so I've got Japanese students in America for example over in LA and in Dallas and then I have other Japanese students right over on the Gold Coast in Australia okay lots of doctors and medics I got Turkish students going to Germany I've got Egyptian students going to Canada I have Russian students going to Canada in fact Canada is a highly popular place I also have Turkish engineers who have gone to live in hey London all right okay and it is a whole other conversation so you're going to be hearing from these people as well I want them to be able to share their experiences on my podcast to tell you exactly what it is like from their point of view. So it's one thing for me as a native English speaker to be talking about, okay, going to these countries. But it's quite another thing for, like I've just mentioned, all of these other nationals who are non-native English speakers who are going to share their experience also of what it's like when you are trying to get yourself into a country where speaking English is a requirement. You have to be able to converse because that is the majority language around you in day-to-day -day life, administration and business. And furthermore, I just have to flag this up, many of these interviews that you hear when I put those up on my podcast will be using AI voices, okay? Because they will be sharing very candid points of view right down to what it's like to work for that specific employer in that country. And clearly we want to ensure that <laughs> these lovely people who are offering to help here to share their experiences, they don't have any ramifications. That's a great word, right? And um, they don't have any comeback. Nobody is going to end up getting into big trouble with their employer for speaking out about what this might be like. And so in order to protect that and preserve their anonymity and also look after them and their welfare, we have agreed to keep that as artificial voices. Um, in order to do that, you will also find that when I'm asking questions, you will hear my voice replaced by an artificial voice as well, simply because of the technicalities of trying to record this podcast, um, which has to be a two-way process for those interviews. And of course, it's very hard to do that, and it takes a lot more editing time if I'm going to splice in my voice on top of, say, the artificial voice. So it's just easier and quicker for us to transcript the whole conversation across and then use two artificial voices to very quickly transform that transcript into our podcast okay so just to explain that for you if anybody's confused that is the reason why also if you are a listener um, <clears throat> if this applies to you if you are already doing this and would like to share your knowledge expertise experience with our listeners and do get in touch with me and um, the quickest way to reach me is on my telegram channel which is my telegram channel for my coaching business and the link is down below wherever you're listening to this podcast of course you can just drop me a quick message at hello at initial-impact.com which of course is my uh, career immigration and business coaching platform also for performance coaching so if you want to be an impressive speaker you need to be able to give highly impactful um, webinars maybe you're doing presentations congresses symposiums I mean there's so many words that uh, different speakers use to refer to these things but ultimately yeah if you're having to present at a high standard I can assist you there with high performance coaching to really give you the power in your voice the presentation and the intonation that you need and this goes for native speakers too um, in fact it's really important that we understand that our words our words are important but it's not just what we say it's
it's how we say them. Okay, so let me let me give you a session. Check it out. As always, there is a 30 minute free Zoom session available with me at the moment. Um, this won't be available forever, I have to say, um, because it is getting, how shall we say, it is getting overrun with people, okay, who are booking those. And this is then meaning that I can't actually provide as much coaching to my one-on-one -on -one clients who have, of course, paid and contracted a service. So this will be going soon. So if you haven't already done so, do take advantage of a free 30 minute session with me um, and of course you can still book sessions with me thereafter but there will be a small charge for that introductory service but it will come with a money-back guarantee so if you're not delighted with the first 30 minutes we'll refund that to you no questions asked all right so let's kick off with talking about the Philippines now Clearly, I'm going to be giving a lot more detail about the Philippines Overcoming podcast. I can't possibly cover everything I've got to say about the Philippines in one podcast. It's impossible. Your country, if you're Filipino, is highly diverse, as you know. It's spread over so many thousands of islands, okay? Um, some are populated more heavily than others, but the main island um, that people live on is, of course, the, the northern Luzon island. Um, and this is where um, I am currently based and have been based for all of this time. Um, when I got um, inadvertently, I shall say, um, it wasn't a purposeful decision, got stuck in the Philippines during the pandemic. Um, to give you a very brief overview, my situation was that I should have been coming here for a short period of time um, and then moving on to teach uh, Buddhist monks in Cambodia for a whole year. Okay, I was going to be in a, a monastery in Cambodia um, to speak English. Okay, and that was the plan. Um, but I came here um, in order to do a little bit of work here first to assist um, with some marketing um, and performance art creation um, with a fantastic uh, life coach and um, trauma counsellor and voice coach as well here in the Philippines, um, who has now subsequently, we now have a company it's called gottabefamous.com and you can check it out gottabefamousevents.com um, and that company itself is doing some amazing work now um, here in the Philippines but of course when we, we had this this whole kind of concept um, what we didn't prepare for was COVID and uh, you say my plan was to just be out here for a few months and then to move across to Cambodia for that year of course what happened was the pandemic arrived um, and before the pandemic I, <laughs> I, also, I also had some quite bad experiences shall we say um, let me explain when I came to Quezon City now Anybody who knows Quezon City or just the NCR, which is the National Capital Region, will know that it is highly densely populated. Bear in mind that I'd just flown in on a 36-hour flight, three flights, 36 hours it took me, which was kind of grueling, but it was exciting because I'd never been to Asia before, okay? Um, and <laughs> it was kind of like, when I arrived, like, where on earth have I arrived to? Because it was such a culture shock and a shock to the system just from the environment. Because I'd come from a very sleepy island with lots of fresh, constantly blowing Atlantic fresh sea air um, there was no real high-rise buildings as such there wasn't a density of people because Grand Canaria which is one of the Canary Islands I will speak about in other podcasts um, because there's a whole host of things to tell you about the Canary Islands and what it's like to live and work there okay um, but that that island was totally like not like this okay 
and arrive here, that was a desert-like climate. Here is highly humid, okay, and very hot, very hot, and rainy at times, whereas Gran Canaria was not really rainy at all. Um, we mainly got most of the rain in November and February, and that was it, the rest of the time nice and dry and arid. So I struggled on many fronts when I first arrived, and I was very sick when I first arrived. Looking back, I actually suspect I had COVID, Yes, um, this was October, the end of October 2019. Um, I believe that I picked that up um, in my trip going back to the UK first for a short visit uh, before then flying back to the Canary Islands and then on to here. And I had to go through um, Madrid, Istanbul and then here. Um, and how on earth I made that flight now, looking back, I do not know, but I did. So these are the things to consider firstly from your point of view is if you're going to go and explore these places, consider the difference, the trip, the amount of time it's going to take you to get there and the things that you maybe don't realise you take for granted about your own country. So if you're somebody who doesn't know how they're going to cope with high humidity um, or perhaps a change in density of population or in my case, traffic pollution as well, this was a big one, then you need to bear these things in mind because they become very important when you're in that situation. So as I say, I was kind of sick when I arrived, um, like a flu, and it took me a lot to really feel okay. And I wasn't very well, and I went eventually to a clinic. Um, my now business partner, she said, you you got to go, you got to go get this checked out. Um, at first they thought it was dengue. Now that's something else to talk to you about. Here in the Philippines, dengue is a big problem. Um, if, if you don't know what dengue is, basically it's not a nice, um, it's kind of like a parasite. And um, you will find that you acquire that through being bitten by a dengue infected mosquito. Of course, being tropical, we have lots of rainfall. Uh, of course, mosquitoes love water for breeding in, so it can be an issue. Now, um, there had been at a period of time um, that they had managed to reduce the amount of dengue outbreaks, certainly in the NCR um, and also in the surrounding Laguna areas, but it seems to be coming back again. We've got a resurgence at the moment. That's a nice word. Um, it's coming back quite strongly. And uh, many people at the moment, I know of um, one um, one person actually, um, who is uh, who is ill with dengue at the moment. And it is life-threatening, okay? So you need to be aware about dengue. That's not to scare you. It's just you need to take precautions, um, use some um, anti-malarial uh, tablets as well. If you think that malaria is going to be an issue for you as well, um, if you don't want to do that, you can just use repellents um, or make sure that you cover yourself up if you're going into areas um, where there is going to be lots of uh, tropical rainforest um, or pools of stagnant water, okay, lakes, things like that, because uh, they love that. But as I say, also, um, if you're just in a rainy area, which the Philippines is, and we have lots of floods here, this is also what I'm going to be talking about, the amount of natural disasters that we have, um, the pools of water after floods, or, um, you know, big tsunami type events, if they happen, um, the mosquitoes then take advantage to breed in that water and they go crazy. And this, and then, of course, we see an explosion of things like dengue, um, cholera, um, leptospirosis. Now, leptospirosis, this is not to terrify you, by the way, I'm just being real, um, is a skin-eating disease. Uh, it's, it's horrific, okay? And, um, again, can be pretty, pretty awful. Um, so you need to be aware of these issues and take responsibility for your own health. Typhoid as well is another issue. All of these waterborne issues, um, 
simply because as much as the Philippines is progressing, it is still a developing country. And it's it's misleading because when when you first arrive, as I've just said, I arrived in Quezon City. Um, I was extremely ill. OK, and they checked me for dengue, but luckily I didn't have dengue, but they they said it was the pollution. They said my lungs couldn't cope with the pollution and I'd ended up with asthma. Um, so they gave me the advice that I couldn't stay living or staying for the period of time I was here in Quezon City and I needed to move out, which was kind of a shock because it really wrecked the whole plans for like, well, how on earth was I going to help um, with the marketing and um, sort of guidance for this this company of my, my business partner? Um, if I was in another province quite far away and she was still up in the NCR, this was going to cause huge problems because you know, transport links here are very poor. Um, that's something else to discuss. Um, if you're Filipino, you understand what I'm saying. Um, we get by, we get by because there's tricycles, jeepneys, um, taxis, but of course taxis, um, you've got to be careful with the taxis. Only use Grab if you're in NCR, uh, which is like an Uber, if you're familiar with Uber, because if you use a white taxi, um, the chances are that you will find all sorts of issues, including um, having to pay almost double the fare. If you don't agree the fare, before you get in with the taxi driver and there have been instances where uh, people have been locked inside the cars refusing to pay the doubled up fare so be warned okay try to get a grab car wherever you can um, if you don't have the grab app then ask your hotel um, or somebody that you trust to book you one okay and it's really important if you're going to use those white cabs um, make sure you get that price fixed and agreed uh, before you decide to take that ride it could cost you a lot more than you think um, so yeah, so this was an issue, a big, big issue from my perspective, um, because it wasn't what I was expecting to have happen to me. And I had to then suddenly, um, being quite ill, it took me about three months to recover actually. Um, but anyway, I had to find myself other accommodation. Now, luckily I managed to do that, but it was tricky because trying to find somewhere in the Philippines still on the Northern Island, which is probably one of the most densely packed islands of the Philippines, um, away from pollution, but still with good internet connections and some transport link of jeepneys, tricycles, whatever, was a challenge. Um, but I did manage to find that area. Um, it's not brilliant, but it's better than certainly where I was. Things seemed to be settling down. And then we had a volcanic eruption. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, Tahal Volcano. Um, which is down towards a part of the Philippines, um, towards more the Batangas region. So if you know Batangas or that area, um, it's not quite as far as there, but it's near there. And it sits in a lake, Tahal Lake. So that literally blew up. And I thought it was thunder. On the day it happened, I thought it was thunder. It actually turns out yeah, that was the explosion of the top of town going off. So my experience of Tahal was kind of weird. And when I looked outside, I started to think, well, you know, something not right here because uh, my skin and eyes were itching inside my apartment. And then somebody messaged me from um, Hong Kong um, and said, are you OK? And I said, why? I, yeah, I'm fine. They said, because how volcanoes just exploded and you live near it. And I'm like, what? And I went to the window and looked and there's like grey snow falling outside, snowflakes, and it was the ash, ashfall. And of course, it's highly uh, irritable. It, it irritates all of your mucous membranes, your eyes, your skin. It's like glass fibres. You don't want to get that in your lungs. So you needed N95 masks, and that was even before COVID. So we had all of that, which was pretty chaotic. Um, there are videos... Um, of this which obviously you can you can see as well that i recorded 
Um, and it was a pretty rough time for me in general because there were some other issues kicking off at the same time for me too on a personal front, which just made the whole experience more traumatic. And then throw in top, because of the magma and the explosions, we started to get earthquakes. So yes, uh, the Philippines is what we call situated on the ring of fire. And no kidding. <laughs> My fellow Filipinos, you, you certainly have, te you know, your country and yourselves have taught me a lot of resilience 101 because you have to. So this is the main thing I'm trying to focus on here. I'm not trying to say that the Philippines isn't a great place to be because it absolutely can be. But you've got to be aware that there are a lot of things waiting for you here that perhaps you haven't considered if you are relocating here from, say, the UK and the USA, Canada, New Zealand, any country that is developed, okay, or if you coming here from Spain or France, Germany, Italy, you have to be prepared for things to be totally different. And I mean more different than you can expect. Um, many of you, like myself, might have tried to research and watch a lot of videos about the Philippines online. It depends who you watch as to what you're going to get to see and of course where they are and everything is relative. So for example, um, one person's idea of heaven, okay, about the Philippines might be if you're retired, you have a good pension, okay, and you can afford a nice um, healthcare insurance policy for here, and your, your pension will go very far here in the Philippines, the US dollar against the peso, um, although it has been pretty hit hard actually recently um, because of all of the world unrest, but certainly back when I'm talking about it wasn't too bad. Um, so you could live quite comfortably, all right, and your money will go further. However, if you don't have a comfortable pension, you have no income to speak of. Now, in my case, I did have income, but then due to personal circumstances, this was cut off um, <laughs> at the most ridiculous time ever, which is in the middle of this pandemic. Um, and that's a whole other story, to be honest with you. Um, it was a quite bad, abusive situation that happened there, and I... One of my companies, my joint companies, literally just lost that, okay? And I'm stuck uh, with very limited Wi-Fi access because then we had, as I say, the Tahal volcanic eruption, which caused problems with the infrastructure here, the earthquakes, and then, of course, we got hit by COVID, which, when everybody locked down, meant that the IT system back then could not cope. The Wi-Fi connections were really bad. I lost visibility for weeks on end. Um, it was highly traumatic from a psychological point of view because... Being a foreigner here, um, I didn't understand quite what was going on. Um, even though, as I've just said, English is spoken widely day to day when it came to government announcements and alerts and any, you know, sort of things you could manage to find uh, that you could connect to online. Most of it was in Tagalog or Filipino, and it was really confusing to know what was going on. So I have to say the whole thing was pretty pretty confusing and traumatic as a foreigner and um, there were severe lockdowns here really severe restrictions that certainly if you're in the UK you never experienced to that extent um, the same possibly in the states so to try and describe it is impossible because it just won't make sense to you but to live through that and the uncertainty and of course getting stuck here because as I said I should have been flying out um, but we had 24 hours as foreigners to make a decision as to whether we stay in lockdown or whether we, we leave. 
course, where could I leave to? I had no place to go back to. I'd given up the apartment in the Canary Islands. Um, my monastery was shutting down because it's a communal disease, right? So there goes that. So I had no other choice but to decide to stay here. There were no other routes available to me. And I figured that it would take a couple of months. I didn't think it would just be two weeks, as they said, um, but a couple of months and things would slowly sort itself out. And of course, here we are over three years later. So be warned, everybody, you have to be prepared even for things that you haven't prepared for happening. Um, and that's what I'd like you to understand, okay? That um, you can make great plans for your, your adventure to go and try a different life overseas or just go backpacking, but be prepared for the unprepared. And the good thing is, you will learn a lot of resilience. If you come to the Philippines, my goodness, right? You will learn it in bucket loads. I think that, no disrespect, I think many people um, faced with the situation, certainly as I encountered, would have probably have left um, or gone crazy, insane. <laughs> and I think sometimes, several times, I possibly might have done. Um, but, you know, you just find your own resource and your own coping strategies and, you know, you have to adapt very quickly to these situations um, and you learn a lot about yourself. So this is the positive side. Even if you come to a country such as a developing country like the Philippines is to deal with it and to understand and learn more about yourself. So see it as an opportunity to grow. What I can say about the Philippines on the other side is that the people are amazing. Okay, You're never going to find people like this anywhere else in the world. Unless, of course, you happen to bump into a Filipino, which you will more likely do in lots of countries because uh, many Filipinos, uh, they clearly still go overseas to work in order to send money back home to support their families because of the situation um, employment wise still here. Um, it, it is still limited, um, but we hope that this will change and we pray that it will because um, I believe that all Filipino people should have a choice as to whether they really want to do that or whether they have to do that. Um, and that's pretty much all I can say about that because I want to stay out of political matters because as a foreigner, I'm not allowed to comment about political matters and I really don't want to make these podcasts political anyway and um, so yeah so I, I just pray that that will happen for my lovely uh, Filipino brothers and sisters you deserve it um, with regards to um, as I said the transport earlier it is a problem um, if you're used to just jumping on a bus um, taking very fast, effective public transport, consider again. Although things are improving now, we've got um, more point-to-point -point services popping up, which is basically where you get on one bus and it will take you, an air-conditioned bus, and it will take you through to um, several different stops, but it's more direct. And we also have um, like exclusive lanes on the freeways here so that only buses can use them or approved vehicles. And so that traffic flows much faster than if you were sat behind all the cars waiting in the other lanes. Um, congestion in um, the NCO in particular is a massive issue. Um, it's kind of well known, but I have to state it. I mean, this was why they felt that pollution was the issue for me. I couldn't sadly walk around anywhere easily in the NCR. No part I could because I would try to take five minutes walk outside my apartment and suddenly my lungs would seize up because of the amount of the pollution and diesel fumes and the heat and humidity as well. Just the sheer everything um, was overwhelming and I couldn't breathe, which was awful because uh, sadly there's loads of amazing places to discover um, in, in Manila itself. Um, I would highly recommend a trip to um, Rizal Park, um, Paco Park, um, into Moros as well. That's a really historic place. Um, loads of galleries and history of the Philippines from um, the First and Second World Wars and, and previous as well. Um, 
a wealth, a wealth of, of real cultural delights await you, um, but you need to find a way to be able to breathe, and I couldn't. That was the thing. Maybe I need to go with a respirator, I think. I, I often joke now with my business partner, I'm going to go in an astronaut suit, and I'll be fine. Um, you just have to find a way to cope. One of the ways that I found to cope a bit better with traffic, um, clearly we weren't allowed out a lot um, in the lockdowns at all, that was really limiting. Um, here, I generally don't go out at certain times of the day. If I do choose to go out, I don't go out as much as I would in the Canary Islands at all. Um, it's a whole different conversation here. But the best times to go when it's not so much rush hour, um, and you will know your local rush hour time, so you can pick your timings to protect your lungs. Um, that is one thing I would suggest. The other thing is try to not breathe so deeply. Um, the problem is taking in the, the PM 2.5 particles. They're the biggest problem because they are the really small ones. So if you're breathing deeply and heavily, you'll get those deep into your lung tissues, which is then a problem. Um, you want to try and do sort of less deep breathing and really <laughs> don't walk and talk and try to just get down wherever you're going and get away from that traffic as soon as you can and don't inhale lots. Hard to do, I know, and it's been really hard to do also whilst having to wear a mask outside on top. Um, thankfully, those days are gone. We've now only recently got rid of the masks, okay? Um, we still have to use them on public transport, uh, medical settings. Um, they are optional now, though, inside in settings such as um, restaurants and cafes, although you will see many people, myself included at times, still adopting them. Um, myself, I've had COVID five times, <laughs> five times in three years. Um, uh, simply, I think, because my immune system has just taken such a kicking um, from um, a lot of things that has happened to me. As I say, the, the stress and the unpredictability of, of the situation that I had at the time um, and not knowing quite where I was going to end up and what's going to happen um, added then to the fact of the vulnerabilities. I think you know, if your immune system's low, you're more likely to pick up COVID. Um, so it's something that you really do need to be aware of. Um, healthcare here, I'm just going to have a quick mention about healthcare. Um, it depends on where you are. Okay, um, so what I would say is that if you're in, like I say, um, a decent provincial area or, of course, the NCR, you have access to big clinics and hospitals with all the resources you need. Um, my situation here, um, as I say, I've, I've you know, had COVID several times and quite recently the last dose, um, which left me with some health issues, to be fair, um, that I still need to get checked out. And that is a challenge. Um, for example, I had an ER emergency card and that you can buy here. And it cost about the equivalent of about 100, about 120 British pounds or thereabouts. It depends which one you purchase. And it covers you up to 50,000 pesos of cover um, for inpatient care if you need it. Um, the downside is, as I found when I had to go to ER, um, because literally I had a secondary throat infection on top of the COVID um, and was feeling very unwell, um, was that it wouldn't cover me for inpatient treatment because I tested positive for COVID and COVID was not covered with the card. So these are the things you need to look out for. Make sure that if you've tested positive for COVID, that you can still access the emergency treatment you need for the secondary infections that you might have. In my case, I couldn't, and therefore I had to spend my time in an isolation tent in the middle of a car park, I kid you not, 
um, taking as much treatment as I could and it literally cost me my whole month's rent um, to do that to pay for the out of pocket so that was not something that I needed on top of you know my situation because of course as a freelance um, business owner here um, you know coaching um, I need my voice so you couldn't coach because I couldn't speak and in addition you're losing money from not working and you're still having to pay quite high uh, medical bills although it won't be anything as high as you'd expect to pay if you paid privately in the UK or the USA but it's all relative um, and this is what I really want to point out make sure that the cover you have really does cover you when you need it um, and of course you might not be in a position to afford that cover so you do need to be aware of that fact um, sometimes you'll find that the medical advice is patchy um, it's possibly not the best practice some of it and this is something that I, you have to be aware of so sometimes you'll find that there is an over prescription of lots of drugs that you don't need so you've got to be your own kind of medic as well and use your own common sense here um, I'll give you an example high blood pressure here hypertension um, is dealt with by giving people drugs okay to lower their blood pressure still now that practice if you compare that to Germany or even the UK now is totally we would say outdated by those standards um, because it is well known that you can only give these drugs for a certain period of time there's only so much you can lower someone's blood pressure um, and eventually it will creep back up again and you can't lower it indefinitely okay you can't just keep increasing these drugs your tolerance increases and therefore the results um, are not as effective we now know that the best practice is to use statins um, statins um, are plant-based and they help um, unclog to defer your arteries because that's what's causing the high blood pressure anyway is the fact that your your arteries have kind of been filled up with like fatty tissues or debris um, and the statins help clear out and open the pipeline again so that your blood can flow nicely there's plenty of room for it and it's not congested which means your blood pressure automatically levels off normalizes or reduces um, so here you've got to be careful because some of the, the prescribing practices um, are really outdated compared to what you might be used to or might experience elsewhere so this is uh, really important for you to be aware of the upside is that um, everybody is really lovely and kind if you're in a healthcare setting here you're going to be treated very nicely as in you know the fact that um, if you compare to the UK it's quite abrupt in the UK um, efficient rude <laughs> I would say and people are too busy right they just rushed off their feet that's no disrespect to any doctors and nurses in the UK um, but this is how it tends to be if you compare it to the compassion attitude of Filipino doctors and nurses and medics here you won't find any comparison at all um, somebody once said on a forum in the height of COVID when people were sadly you know, dying sometimes with complications um, I remember the retired expat from America had commented on a forum and said well I know where I prefer to die do I want to die <laughs> left alone uh, stuck isolated in a US hospital room without my relatives and families able to come and even see me to say goodbye okay or do I want to die in the Philippines with a nice Filipino nurse holding my hand okay this is the difference and I just really have to say that uh, I cannot 
overstress actually um, how much the Filipino people are welcoming compassionate loving people very mild-mannered in comparison to what you might be used to in the cutthroat West um, and to be honest it is just an absolute credit to themselves and their country um, and I hope that the aspect of Filipino culture never leaves um, you know I think the the globalization and the impact from lots of people coming in has the ability to Alter that, I think, and I, I would, wouldn't want to see the Philippines giving up that because that is a trait that is very unusual um, in many human beings. So um, I, I've just blown away really with just the amount of happiness as well that people have, even when there's not a lot of money or hope to go around. There is always hope in the Philippines, um, and my goodness, it keeps you marching at times where perhaps other countries you would be, yeah, you might be in a worse state. Um, so Look, I'm not going to go on any more about the Philippines right now. This is just an introduction um, and some thoughts about the Philippines from my side, a brief overview. I'm going to try and break things down into more consistent topics um, going forward. But if you have found this of interest, if you want to find out more, then please feel free. You can subscribe to my newsletter and the link is down below. Um, also, you can check me out on YouTube. All of my links are available for you to see there. OK, um, of course, you can access my online academy where you if you're looking to immigrate, you can access a forum and hub there and job portal as well as lots of other support. If English is your second language, um, it's been lovely to speak to you today and share a few thoughts about the Philippines. Um, I don't I don't want you to think that it's all disaster and gloom here. It's absolutely not. There's plenty of good stuff too, um, but everything in context. Um, this was just an introduction to how I ended up here um, and where the situation is at present with the Philippines. And uh, hopefully we'll discuss more about other countries in the very near future, including Gran Canaria, Europe, Canada, Australia. Um, as I say, got loads of interviewees lined up to give you their point of view on what it's like from their perspective, uh, relocating and trying to live there with their families or individually elsewhere. So take care, stay safe, and I'll see you soon.